Yes, hello? Yes, hello. Uh, I like that, a.k.a. Black Trump. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I like that picture you sent, uh, make podcasts great again. Appreciate it, man. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we have Emmanuel Hodge on. Uh, do you prefer Ma Emmanuel or Manny? Uh, you call me Manny. Uh, Manny, uh, you can find uh, Instagram at Manny Hodge? Yes. Okay. So Manny uh, has been gracious enough to donate some time to tell us about himself and his comedy. Uh, welcome, Manny. How you doing, sir? I, I'm, I'm doing great. You know, um, whenever I... I interview people. I uh, I start a a file on them, like a little chart on them, just you know, so I can have information for the interview. So um, in my uh, in my studies of you, I see you're a great impressionist. Uh, yes. Uh, and that was something I was doing as a kid, and I didn't realize that's what it was called. And I just later on started doing it uh, in stand up. Wow. Well, yeah, you know, I guess yeah, you've been practicing so long it comes naturally to you. Yes. Uh certain people, you know, um, I watch a lot of movies. You know, I'm the only child growing up. So when I grew up, I just watched a lot of uh movies, um, the Leprechaun, Freddy Krueger, you know, all the stuff from the nineties and two mm thousands -hmm. movies, and I would just imitate those uh, characters I would see. No, that's great. Um, you you kind of uh, remind me a little bit of the cable guy. Oh yeah, I mean, yes, that's basically me, the black woman. <laughs> yeah, but I I hope you didn't try to uh you know kill the babysitter at the end, <laughs> land on a satellite, man. <laughs> oh man, hey, you know, Ben Stiller's character. Oh my God, the uh, dude that was like on TV going to jail. Oh, Matt Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Yeah, that's Steven. We're in a safe place now, Steven. Penis vagina. Penis vagina. Oh, man. That, that movie is classic. Yeah. But I could tell you've also, you must have studied a lot of Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle. Um, honestly, no. Um, I would say in Living Color, um, all that, growing up, watching all that, um, Side Not Live. My uncle used to watch Jerry Seinfeld all the time. When you babysit me, so I will be. What's the deal, airport security? So, <laughs> yeah. No, I just reason I mentioned those guys because of uh, both Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle. They have different characters with different wigs. Mm -hmm. That's why I I thought of them right away when uh you know I saw some of your skits. Yeah, and, and Martin, uh, Martin, how he played all the characters. Martin Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, but you've been up. Uh, you've been doing this a while. I mean, your your videos go back as far back as uh, uh, 2019. Yeah, I actually started. I moved to Atlanta in 2014, and uh, I started doing stand up probably 2017. And the very first skit I ever made was Jerry Seinfeld, and this guy. Booked later, I had never done wow. stand up. And um, I had to do an hour, and they paid me, like, $75. Wow, you got paid, too. See, that's a big thing to get paid a dollar in comedy. Yeah, yeah. I started off doing events. I didn't go to the clubs until 2018. Wow. Where, well, where, where are you originally from, Manny? Uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, okay. St. Louis, Missouri. Mm -hmm. That's... um. That's uh, not too far from Kansas, is it? Yeah, yeah, Kansas City, uh, Chicago, those areas. Yeah. Oh, uh, so you're oh you were in the that's at the Midwest. That's kind of a the weather. I can't, I can't even imagine what the weather was like then. Before I moved, we got ten inches of snow. Wow. Yes. All right. So you moved to Atlanta in uh, in 2014. Yes. Um. I wanted to become an entertainer and I knew that was the place to do it because I kept seeing TV shows at the end of every show. I kept saying made in Georgia. <laughs> so I'll tell you something crazy. There was a show called devious maids that came on. Uh, I think it was lifetime and I would watch it because the women were attractive. I'm like, man, I want to be on this show. And the <laughs> 2015, I was an extra for the show, and I got seen. I played a rapper on episode seven of season three. 
Oh, wow. Yep. So, you know, it's like you, you've you been doing this so long, it's natural. You didn't even really have to audition. You were just being you, and the producer saw you, and he said, I want that guy. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I did a reality show that came out. Like, literally, uh, they filmed in August, and it came out Christmas 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, what, was the name of that, what was the name of that show? Uh, Lost and Found with Mike and Jesse. I was going to bring that up. I was going to mention that, but for anybody who's listening out there, check that out. Lost and Found with Mike and Jess. With uh, uh, look at the um, oh, the February nineteenth, two thousand sixteen episode. Your mother's scarf. Mm-hmm. Now, is that a true story? Did your mother really lose her scarf? Yeah, my aunt. She died of cancer, and she made everybody scarves. And uh, so it was actually supposed to be a Mother's Day episode. I submitted my story in uh, April. They said they lost my story in spam and they called me in June and asked me if I still wanted to do it. And then they flew, uh, they flew in, they flew in my grandma and, uh, from St. Louis and we filmed it. And when it came out, it was like, wow, like I couldn't believe it. Wow. So they're, they're pretty, they have a pretty big channel then these guys. Yeah. It was a discovery family network. Wow. So you are, you are getting that there, man. you you're just pushing. You're pushing the line. Yeah, That's man. Uh, I started off acting before I did stand-up. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I kind of did it backwards. Most comedians, they end up doing movies and TV shows. But I was... Because I never intended to do stand-up. That was just... You know, I would just do impressions for my friends. And still, my friends were like, hey, you need to go to the comedy club. That's usually how it happens. Somebody's pushed by somebody. You know, usually the friends, they just, their friends saw something in you. Yeah, because I didn't know anybody when I came here. So I would just meet people. Um, the tax, My tax lady actually told me the biggest comedy club is five minutes from my house. They have a celebrity there every weekend. So oh, she, yeah? Wow. Yeah, they had Dave Chappelle there. They had uh, Eddie Griffin. You name it, they have these people there. And um, I DM'd the, uh, I went on Facebook and found out who the host was. I DM'd the guy. And uh, so I was like, all right, I'm ready for it. I've been doing talent shows and events. I think I'm ready for a club. And my very first night, I had to open up for this guy named um, Pierre, who was on How to Be a Player movie. And uh, Wanda, who went viral for Cat Williams roasting her. I met her that night. Wow. Literally. It was a week after my intention was to do a Cat Williams impression. But with her being there, I felt it would have been kind of wrong. Yeah, I guess it's just the way things turned out, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was scared, man. I had to take a crap like five times. It was oh, the, That is the worst. Yeah, I was scared, man. I ain't gonna lie. But they, I was talking fast. So, you know, but they laughed at everything. And the host was like, yeah, that's cocaine comedy. This guy talks fast. <laughs> cocaine comedy yeah yeah uh i also i saw a few i saw your impression of a heath sweat too that was pretty good yeah i appreciate that my mom took me to a concert of his like years ago and that was my first time i ever seen this guy perform and the ladies were losing it like you know he was saying what girl he wants to bring home who ain't come home every night baby Maybe oh. forever baby <laughs> Yeah, the only song I know besides that is "Just a Touch." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then no, I I saw the you did the Ghost of Comedy Past a last, about a year and a half ago. Yeah, see, you did your homework. Yeah, uh, Rodney Dangerfield is my favorite comedian. This guy has the best punchlines ever. It's like you, as a comedian, there's no way you can top it. Like ever, like it's crazy. No, he was the best, and he uh, he didn't make it till he was older. Yeah, I saw his bio. I watched because I do. I watch a different bio on somebody every day for inspiration. And yeah, he was like sixty something when he finally made it. For, yeah, he was four, actually forty eight. Okay, forty eight. Yeah, he was. He was. He was a. He was bipolar. He was a very depressed man, and he was a. I think a vacuum a, a vacuum salesman. Wow. And uh, but, you know, that ha happens. Um, some of us do that. They, we, we leave comedy and we just kind of soak up life and experience things. And we come back, you know, with a dim perspective. And sometimes it, it works, works out. 
Yeah, man. It's a it's a hard game because there's a million comedians, you know, um, and you wanna you wanna try to be different. You know, it's hard because it's like what can you do to stand out? And that's what made me do Black Trump. That's what honestly did. I would see guys in the clubs killing it. And it's like, I can't compete with that. What do I do that can separate me? Yeah. yeah I was going to ask you, you must have a whole like collection of wigs at home. Oh, yeah. I got, I, had, I bought it. I actually buy new ones. And um, the last show I did, the women were like, I like your hair. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think I, I read that somewhere. Yeah, it was yeah. great. But um, no, yeah, a lot and a lot of the best um, comics, you know, they they like um, or even entertainers like um, uh, are you aware that that, that Nicki Minaj started making voices when she was a little girl, too? Yeah, she I saw something like that. I saw one of her documentaries. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever it is, or I think Eddie Murphy was always like clowning around with his brother in the living room at home. And that's how he got into comedy. Yeah. Uh, my friends actually, when I started doing stand up, I didn't do impressions. It was just jokes. And my friends was like, yo, you need stuff that, you know, all those guys you can do. And I'm like, I don't want to be Jay Farrell because that's what he does or Aerie Spears. But I'm like, once I started doing it, people loved it. So, you know, I watched the Leprechaun movie. That's my favorite horror. No, give me, give me the coin. <laughs> that's good. Uh, you ever seen, um, a movie called Half Baked. Yeah, Dave Chappelle about smoking yeah. weed. Yeah, yeah. There's a scene that he's working. Um, I don't know some laboratory, and he he starts talking to the scientist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes, uh, oh, well, hello, jet." The guy goes, "Hello, janitor," and Dave Chappelle goes, "Hello, scientist." And yeah. then he gives a hand, Dave. I don't know. He he got the weed somehow from the back, whatever. But I that's my fantasy. If I ever moved to Atlanta, I, I want to get a job in the CDC. I want to become a janitor like Dave Chappelle. And I'll <laughs> friends with one of the scientists. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You know, they always tell you in comedy, you, you, you people think that's all, all comics are, but some comics are the most like serious people in their private lives. Oh, yeah. My friends get on me about that. Like, uh, you get different sides of me. Uh, one of my friends... Um, he gets me being serious, same as some of the girls I date. Or they might be like, you play around too much. So it's like a because you're either too immature for people or, you know, or you're too serious. Yeah, no, that's what makes you who you are. You you compartmentalize and like maybe you or you repress it. You hold yourself together all day and then you get you let loose when you're on stage. Yeah, because most comics, we work jobs that we don't want to be at. And so we hold it all in until we get on stage. It's kind of like therapy where we get the release and be ourselves. Yes, that is so true. A lot of comics are miserable in their jobs. So I see them at the open mics. A lot of them have dead end jobs. They have no future. And they yeah. just come out there and talk. And some make it and some never make it. You yeah, know, I, I, I've seen some comics who go back to school. Because they think comedy is going to you know, make it for them. And then they realize, all right, let me just go back to school and, and start a new profession. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a gamble, man. Like, because, you know, there's so many people. Then you have Internet comics now. Like, they go viral on TikTok. And so it makes it harder for uh, guys in the club. It's like you have to be on the Internet and in the clubs at the same time. Yeah, and it's not easy, you know, in the clubs. And you might have to travel or... You know, you got to give up a lot of your time. It's so much easier to be at home and do your own thing from home. Yeah, yeah. The pandemic saved me. Like uh, the, the Black Trump character took off when when Trump is in office. Because once they started uh, online comedy, it was over. So it was like I could just be at home on Zoom comedy. On it was so many platforms to where now people were seeing me three times a day for like five months straight. I don't think that's going to go away. I think there still will be Zoom comedy. I think they they, they found something and, and people are going to have a choice. Yeah, I love it. I love. I can be more creative. So, like, I, I'll be, like, in my office and have the American flag behind me and make it look like I'm really Trump. It's more entertaining than it is live, I will say. Um. Yeah, no, that's okay. You know, some people perform to, you know, film live. Some people rather just tape stuff and... uh you know, put it on afterwards. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Have you ever gone on Facebook Live? Yeah, I've, I've done Facebook Live, Instagram Live. Uh, they had, uh, well, it was a bunch of comedians. Um, they had me host three times, and I would give away money. I would do like the book. And I bet you got a lot of followers when you were live. You probably had at least 50 people watching you at one time. Yeah, it was crazy. Like uh, a girl one time was like, I want to have sex with you, Black Trump. He was talking all freaky. And I started getting like girl groupies for Black Trump. It was crazy. No, yeah, it's a great way. I I don't know about you, but then there's a conflict. If you're also a private, shy, quiet person who needs a space, if if you blow up too quickly, you're you're not going to have that privacy anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone literally two days ago this happened to me. I was in the gas station, and this guy took my drink out of my hand. And I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I got it, man. That's Black Trump." And I'm like, "Huh? See, so you, you never know who's at your shows." You see, and and that's yeah, that's a small community, Atlanta. It's a it's a tight knit community. Mm-hmm. And you know, we were talking earlier about video versus voice. Personally, that's why I prefer the voice. I like my privacy. I like walking down the street anonymously. So that's why I, I stick to voice, just so you understand. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, you know, there's that attention part too where you want to be noticed. And sometimes uh, we push it too far where, you know, some, some stranger is going to walk up to you and recognize you from a show. Yeah, yeah, man. You just have to be built for this, like, you know, um, and ready for it. Yeah, that's why. That's why I, I'm getting older, and I just I, I want to push off celebrityhood till till I'm old. So I'm like, screw it. I'm gonna die. In, I'm gonna die soon anyway. So who cares if everybody recognizes me? Right. <laughs> but if you have your whole life, like like poor Michael Jackson, you know, your young celebrity, your whole life, you're in a fishbowl. I I don't know how people would do that. Man, I watched this documentary about him, and to both of them, and I just couldn't. He we couldn't go anywhere. Like that's crazy. No, he could, and, and and I also heard that his father shaved his vocal cords. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, man. So you know, he had a lot of um ch- childhood wounds, if you will. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff with his dad. It, it's sad. Yeah, really. You know, it's almost selfish what the dad did. He used the kids as as his meal ticket. Yeah, he wanted to get out their steel mill. Yeah, pretty much. You know, instead of telling them to do well in school and get scholarships or, you know, you know, I mean, he would have been better off, uh, you know, making him into Serena Williams or something like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I can't see uh, Michael Jackson with his voice uh, working at a call center, you know, or working at McDonald's. Working at McDonald's, what do you want? <laughs> no, yeah, I know, but he he would have had a normal voice. If you listen to his voice, it sounded like a voice that was ready to change, ready to crack. But they did whatever they did; it wouldn't crack, it wouldn't change. They they froze it or something. Wow, that that's wow. So that explains why he probably was still acting like a kid. Yeah, you know, um, he what he just wanted childhood friends. He wanted normal things, and that's why he he befriended befriended children because he wanted to have the friends, the sleepovers that he didn't have as a child. Uh, maybe he got a little bit abnormal with sleeping next to them. He got a little twisted, but I, I don't think, you know, his desires were or, or sexual or perver- per- perverted nature. It was more of a loneliness. Yeah. Um, did you see the uh, the documentary that came out on him about the allegations? No. Yeah, I saw it. It was like two hours long. It was two parts. It took... Uh, it took a lot out of him, you know, and I'm I'm sure you remember where you were in 2009 when they announced that he died. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I was like at the house and I saw it uh, come on a screen. I'm like, what? Like he just he was going to go on tour. I'm like, wow. Yeah, young man, 50 years old. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Same as Prince, you know, it's like I don't believe the drug thing with Prince. What, what do you think happened? I don't know. You know, I just think it's very odd. He was completely healthy. And then out of nowhere, they're saying it, every time a celebrity dies, they always say it's drug overdose. Like everybody can't be on drugs. 
No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, even uh, uh, Michael K. Williams recently, they're saying that he died of what, heroin? Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I kind of, with him, he, they say he had a drug problem, same as DMX, you know. Um, so I kind of maybe believe those, but, you know, all these other people is like, come on. Like, same as, um, I'm really, like, fascinated with Kirk Banks. So um, Nirvana is, like, my favorite rock group. I still play them songs. I don't believe he killed himself. I saw every documentary on him. I just don't believe it. All right. Yeah, it's been a while now. It's been almost 30 years since he died. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I just don't believe it. Uh, when they said that, like, the gun was, like, laying beside him and the suicide note is right under his hand, like, come on. Well, who else would want him dead? A, a fan? Courtney. Uh, did you see the last documentary? They, Courtney, um, they had an argument. He left her or something, and he canceled all her credit cards. Really? Yeah. It could be. Yeah. She's one ugly bitch. Yeah. She's, she but, came up, though. She did a lot of movies. Yeah, she did. She did. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, uh, we'll never know. Some things we'll never know the answer to. Uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's just the way... It is. Now, I, I admit I've been very obsessed with this case with this missing guy in Florida. And I'm like an Internet sleuth, you know, talking to all these people with all these theories, like where the FBI is something. Uh, yeah, I didn't hear about that. I've been following uh, the R. Kelly case. Oh, OK. Yeah. He unfortunately he was. Conv- yeah, he was convicted. He's, he's facing a lot of time in prison, huh? Yeah, life. It could be possibly life. I've seen all the Surviving R. Kelly series, and I'm just like, wow. Like uh, the people who work for him should be in jail too, like because they yeah. helped him do all of this. That's uh, and this is a bad time to be acute. This is like the Me Too movement. This is the time where you can't even look at somebody wrong. You know, you're gonna get burned. You know, but, but what you got away with 20, 30 years ago, pinching an ass. Now, like, everybody's, like, coming out with all these accusations. Man, that's scary. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, next is going to be, he said hi to me 30 years ago. I felt uncomfortable. That's what I mean. You know, that's why I I don't even, I I don't hit on women at all. I really don't even look at them. I don't look at children. You know, the best place to go is just a prostitute where you pay, you know what you're getting, and you just keep (laughs) it it real. Right. Uh, because yeah, everybody, you know, it's scary, and and you don't want to be in prison and, and being no, be known as a sexual offender. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Remember they transferred him uh, because I think his cellmate attacked him. Yep, they find out real quick, and so you're going to either be in solitary where you're going to go nuts, or you're you're going to be in danger all the time. Yeah, yeah. And the guy said he didn't want to do it. Someone paid him to do it. Really. Yeah, really? so that, yeah, that's that's scary. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, be interesting. Uh, if, you know, if R. R. Kelly can appeal these convictions. Yeah, I don't see him getting. I mean, everybody snitching on him. The tour manager, everybody who ever worked for him, they snitching. And then they say he's going to start snitching on other celebrities. So, wow. yeah, this is going to get very interesting because he he ain't trying to do life. No, no, of course. He's, I mean, he's still a fairly young man. He's got to be maybe his late 40s. Yeah, I think so, like 48, 49, something like that. No, he still has good years ahead of him. I'm, I'm hope uh, he can come to some, some resolution about uh, that. That's some tough charges that he's he's been convicted of. Yeah, yeah. It's so many beautiful 30-year-olds out here, 40-year-olds, 21-year-olds. I mean, come on, like, you know. Exactly. Why do you have to go after the young ones? Yeah, that I just don't. I, it's like, I, so I keep my I'm looking at the teachers. I ain't even looking at nobody in there. You know, the teachers. That's it. You know what? you got a lot of balls. I, I would never work in a school because I'd be terrified being accused of anything. Honestly, I, I'd be afraid of a kid even walking up to me and talking to me. So, you know, it takes a lot of balls being there. And you really have to, you know, I don't know. Keep your head down all the time. Yeah, I'll tell you something funny. Uh, before the pandemic, I was talking to my manager at the school, and I was, like, telling him about TikTok. This is the new thing now, you know, and so I just post my comedy skits on there. And this girl, she's, like, in fifth grade, hears me. She walks up to me and say, 
can you follow me? So now her whole class is like right by me. And I'm not thinking nothing of it at the time. I'm like, my manager's like, no, he can't do that. He like, I just saved your life. Because if they add you and you like any of their pictures or videos, their funny videos, their parents are going to be wondering, why is the lunch man up here liking pictures, you know, liking videos? I'm like, dang, yeah. I think about that. You know, we live in a different time. We certainly do. Um, several years ago, I worked as a, um, a substitute teacher aide in, in um, school uh, for special needs children. Mm. And uh, apparently, allegedly, one day, um, one of the um, teenagers you know, touched another girl on the thigh. And, and they tried to pin it on me. And they said I was supposed to be watching them, which was not true. But I, I was suspended or I let go for that. And I'll never forget that. That's why I realized I would never want to go in. You know, and I was just a substitute. They'd call me in. And I think it was in the gym. You know, I think there was like a, a, a workout, like a weight room in the back where, mm -hmm. um, you know, the kids go work out. And apparently these kids were in the back, you know, the workout room. And one, you know, touched, you know, a guy touched a girl. And then the gym teacher pinned it on me. He said, I, I sent him there. I told him to go there and he wasn't there. Wow. That's when I learned how I don't like this uh, business at all. I don't want to be in this. I don't need to be fired, and I don't need to have criminal charges, you know, on my on my record. Yeah, yeah. It, so God bless it. you. God bless you in maneuvering and trying to get through a, you know, a career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just do my job and go home. Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's all. Go to work and go home. Keep to yourself. Um, my best job in the school actually was um, the maintenance crew. I used to love doing oh, yeah. that. I worked in the summer. They would send us, you know, in trucks to whack weeds and cut grass. And we did masonry, painting. Uh, I learned a lot of a lot of different trades working with these guys all day. Yeah, yeah. I do that now. I just clean up all day from 3 to 11. And, uh, and that's it. It's, I'm in my own area cleaning up with music in my ear, chilling. Oh, you're like that song on the night shift. Yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, oh, okay. So uh, I would say you're more in the, the custodial arts. Yes. You know, you know where I got that from, right? Mm -mm. The Breakfast Club. Oh yeah, it's been a while he, since I've seen that movie. Yeah, like the, the bad guy Judd Nelson with the long hair. He's he's talking to Carl, the the janitor, and he goes, "So, so Carl, when did you become involved in the custodial arts?" <laughs> right and i i love that term ever since then i've been using it yeah man that movie classic i hope they don't reboot it please don't oh i know i know it was a good movie a lot of uh good actors came up uh, from that era yeah 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 but uh so you are you, you say you normally work three to eleven yeah three to eleven and i'm off weekends and uh so like today i'm off early and then uh, the 21st, I'm off early because I have a show. And I have a show this weekend in Stone Mountain, if you're in Georgia, at the October uh, Fall Fest. Uh, I'll open the show up at 6.30, Black Trump. Really? Yeah. Is, is that going to, uh, could I find that on your website? Yeah, you should see it on my page. Um, the And I'm going to have some footage from Saturday. Um I'm going to post some uh, video footage. And last weekend, I performed at Lawrenceville, Georgia Festival and met Georgia candidates and councilmen. And, yeah, they were turning up the black Trump. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, you're making it happen. Uh, yeah, you got to be careful. What if one of these kids uh, find you on, uh, yeah, I mean, they might follow you anyway or befriend you on Facebook, you know, knowing that you're a comedian. Uh, yeah. I mean, but I'm not going to, like, interact, you know. Like, luckily with Facebook, you'll get the, the notification. You can, like, choose not to. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. So, like, with TikTok, they can just follow and you just don't follow back. With Facebook, you kind of can control it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess, look, you got to live your life. You can't, like, not live. This is what you enjoy. and you. But you also have to work and make make money, too. And, and this is your bread and butter right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, for people listening, they can watch Underground Comic uh, Episode 1 on Amazon Prime, and you can see Black Trump. It came out a couple months ago. 
So uh, I'm on a comedy special. Nice. You made it to Amazon Prime. That's like that's some big stuff now. Yeah. When we did the special, we didn't know where it was going to go. Um, and then it worked out. And we got I, was, I saw it on their page. And they were like, it's on Amazon Prime. And I got like 30 phone calls that day. See, you are you are coming up. I think that was the right move to come to Atlanta. It was a very strategic move on your behalf. Yeah, man. I will say, yeah, I love the city because there's always something going on. Um, Atlanta's becoming like Hollywood, and I love the city, man. It's, it's just opportunity. You just have to work hard, like because you're competing against reality stars, other rappers. You know, you you just have to bring your A game when you come here. Absolutely. You know, I, I want to go with it because uh, I want to go on, on Marta. Oh, yeah, the, the train transit. Absolutely. Yes, if I can't get a job in the CDC, I, I like to become like a, a conductor on the subway or, or just cleaning the platforms at night. That would be fun. Oh, yeah, you would make a kill. <laughs> like, that's a job no one really wants to do. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy. Just, you know, put me in the train, you know, dress the way you want to. Give me the midnight shift. Maybe once in a while, someone will ask me a question. What I'm sure most of the public leaves you alone. Yeah, they might just ask you what time you leave in, or does this go to, to the airport? Other than that, they're pretty much chill, listening to music. Exactly. So yeah, I I got to get down there, man. One day, I, I, any city that has a train system is very important to me. Yeah, where are you at now? All right now, I'm I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Oh wow. So, um, there's, well, there's no train system here. And, um, if you go too far out of the city, um, you don't have, you don't even have sidewalks. I really feel bad. I see like people, a man in electric wheelchair who's missing a leg, you know, riding his wheelchair in the street because there's no ramps and no sidewalks for him to go on. Wow. So, uh, you know, I, I, it hurts me. It hurts me to see that kind of stuff when, you know, roads are just designed for people who have cars. Yeah, I mean, also, look at, there's Virginia, Chris Brown, Missy Elliott, Pharrell, The Clips, you know. Um, yeah, no, definitely. It's a nice state. Uh, you know, I'll probably stick around. Uh, I'm new here. Uh, I, I, I lived in New York most of my life. Oh, wow. Yeah, New York. Uh, my mom was born there in the Bronx. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Very good. So you got some New York. You got some New York blood in you. Yeah, man. Uh, I got a friend that's from New York, uh, too, actually. Um, he's from Jersey, and the other one is from Brooklyn. So I see you know a few people up there. Yeah, I got some friends uh, that do comedy out there. So if I ever go to New York, uh, yeah, you know, um, I can get cool with them and do some clubs. No, absolutely. You know, I mean, it's a big scene out there and it's, 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 it's if you have some contacts, it helps because it, it could be um, kind of uh, uh, cold and, and uninviting if you're trying to, you know, make your way into it by yourself. Around so it. I, I want to ask you something. I have a friend. She's a female comedian. Very funny. Uh-huh. She, she wants to move to New York like next year. Uh-huh. What advice would you give? Uh I would tell her, honestly, it depends how confident she is in herself and how good she is with networking. I would say hit the city open mics, but I would try to go on the outside, try to hit the suburban open mics. I, I, I found them to be a little more friendly and supportive, in my opinion. Okay. Like uh, uh, Hoboken, Jersey City, you know, hit the Jersey open mics. That seems like a promising scene. And, uh, like I was from Long Island, so I was going. I was in a Long Island scene, and it, I I found Long Island to be a little more warm and supportive than um, the, the Manhattan scene. Okay, so should she be in the clubs every night? Will that work? Uh yeah, yeah. She. I, I hear of like even comics, you know, going from mic to mic to mic, you know, starting like three o'clock in the afternoon. So she could do it. Uh, only thing is, you know, New York City is like really, really like. Controlling with this COVID thing, so I don't know if she has a, a a COVID vaccine or not. Yeah, she got vaccinated. All right, so she's then she's good. You know, if you're anti-vax and you know that's another story, 
you know, that's that could be a problem. But uh, if she's vaccinated and she wears her mask, um, that won't that won't be an obstacle. OK, now what I used to do and uh, she might want I don't have us anymore, but I, I used to stand around like in, in Times Square, Manhattan and, and sell comedy tickets just so they give me like six minutes of of stage time in, in a real club. Mm-hmm. So I, if she wanted to do that, too, you know, that she might want to consider that. OK, yes, yeah, oh, uh, definitely going to try to go there. Or, or I, I'm gonna I'm gonna name a, a good club for her. I, I don't know if they, I, I'm pretty sure they have it, okay? Because as as early as this summer, I was getting emails. The Broadway Comedy Club, right, which is right down the street from what Wendy Williams Studio and the Letterman Show, they um they have a Monday night open mic. I think it's five dollars Monday evenings, like five thirty. I, I believe a, a a young woman named Janice Massetti Massetti. Uh, runs the mic and that's from you know as recent as july or august so she she should look at that if she wants to get a regular monday mic in a you know a mainstream club okay yeah i'm gonna definitely let her know she's uh she's definitely funny she's asian and she's cute so i'm sure she won't have any problems oh yeah they're coming up more and more um asian girls are in are in comedy it's more common now yeah um yeah, and they're good too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so, all right. So, you mentioned October. So, our listeners know that in October you're going to be um, in Atlanta uh, doing doing Black uh, Trump at the Fall Fest. Yes. Uh, this Saturday, um, I guess that's October third um, at the Stone Mountain Fall Fest. Um, it is five dollars for admission, and it's $25 to uh, ride on the carnival rides and all the activities that they have there. Um, entertainment starts at 5 o'clock. Okay, and uh, you're going to be uh, you're going to be performing there? Yes, I'm reading the schedule now. So it Excellent. is uh, it starts at yes, here we go. Starts at 1 p.m. the carnival rides. 5 p.m. they have a DJ. 6.30 p.m., comedian Manny Hodge, Black Trump, goes on stage. Then 7 p.m., Jamie Best, uh, a jazz band, comes on to end the show. All right, listen, folks, you hear that? Okay, 6.30. Folks, forget everything else. Just come at 6.30, okay? You don't got to pay for the rides. Just pay the five bucks and come see Manny Hodge at 6.30 p.m. Yeah, that do sound? that. Do that. Yeah. And if you don't live in Atlanta, Georgia, you can go to Underground Comics of Atlanta on Amazon Prime, and you can watch me there. Okay, you hear that? And also, um, where can they find you on social media? Uh, Dante's Trump on YouTube. You can watch all my Black Trump videos. And on Instagram, it's at Manny Hodge. All right, you hear that, everybody? And you know what? I, I hope to have you back, and I want to see a lot of your material because I want to have, like, like four pages of notes on you when, uh, when you come back to the show in a few months. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. And... Uh... Yeah, man, it was great. And I, this is my first time on this app, and it's, it's easy to use for anybody that's going to be a guest. Um, it's great, man. And hopefully, you know, you blow up like uh, Joe Rogan with the podcast. I I hope so. You know, uh, I appreciate you share share the interview after it's published. So maybe I get a couple listeners out of it. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm going to definitely do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it in my story for the whole entire week as well. I'm going to put it on my page. And uh, my Instagram, and uh, yeah, I'm definitely I do that most of my stuff, anyways. So people are gonna see it, and um, so make sure you vote for me in 2024. Okay, I'm coming back. I'm suing everybody if you don't vote for me. Damn it! Damn, that's good. You got him down. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I kind of miss him too. I, I do too. Listen, if you look <laughs> at the poll rating, it was I've done more for people. Than uh, Obama's ever done, okay? I gave up <laughs> stimulus checks, right? $1,200, okay? They said I was slow responding to COVID. I thought it was a drink, huh? Corona. <laughs> oh, wow. Joe Biden, all he does is go to sleep during a press conference. Come on now. <laughs> Nobody ever knew. Nobody ever thought we could do this so quickly. Exactly. They told me, they said I told people to drink bleach. That's incorrect. I said drink Raid 
because they kill roaches and they've survived through every pandemic. <laughs> well, he had so many catchphrases. Uh, incredible, unbelievable, amazing. You, yeah. got, you remember, you accentuate everything, you know? It's going to be huge. Yeah, yes, yes. So we are, yeah, we're going to be back. Yeah, all kinds of, wow, he's, he's a definitely, definitely good salesman. And you got him down, man. You got him down good. It's a unique, unique product you have. Yes, uh, my wife and Kanye's uh, wife have some in common. Everyone has seen my wife's uh, naked. You can Google <laughs> both of them, Kim and Melania. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That, that, that's some good my, stuff, my wife, man. She's like the real Peggy Bundy. All she does is bitch and shop all day. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That is, that is good. That's some good stuff. Yeah, I, I really you're, you're great. Listen, you're going to go very far, okay, Steve? With my leadership in 2024, I promise to get the economy back on track. What could go wrong, huh? Um, nothing wrong. Make America great again, please, you know? We need exactly. you, Trump, 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 Trump. Make, make comedy great again. That's what I'm trying to do. And I promise you, with my leadership, we're going to the top. Hey, you ever watch this girl on Twitter named uh, Tina? Uh, uh, uh. She's a bit, she's blowing up. She's a Trumper. And at the end of all her little rants, she goes, Trump 2020, motherfucker. Fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, she's uh -oh. like a, a big, big in the MAGA movement. You know, she's constantly posting. She's kind of cute, too. A little crazy. But uh, yeah, she's, you know, someone else is blowing up, you know, on social. Yeah, man, there's somebody going viral. I got two friends who went viral. Like every day, somebody's going viral off social media. It's crazy. It's all up to you. And I'm quoting Joe Rogan. He said, It is all up to you. Be the hero in your own movie. True. It's very, so, very true. It's just a matter about wanting it. That's a thing. So, you know, sometimes you could want it and want it, and all of a sudden you're so blown up and you don't want to be so big. Yeah. Yeah, it's up to you and stay consistent. If you're a comedian, you need to stay consistent with people seeing you all the time. Yeah, you do. You have to. It's momentum. You have to get out. You got to put yourself out there constantly. You're right. Yeah. Uh, hit the clubs up. Make comedy sketches. <laughs> post your stand up. As long as people are seeing you all the time and make it convenient for people, they're going to watch. They will, they will, because people need them. And I've, I've even had people say, oh, oh, you're a comedian? I never met a, I, you're the first comedian I ever met. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I know 75 other comics. How could you, know, don't know any of them? Right, yeah, yeah, you gotta, you just never know, man. You have to be consistent. YouTube, so many people are definitely using that platform. They just started doing uh, YouTube shorts, like reels on uh, Instagram. So now uh -huh. you can post like 30 second videos uh, and you get more views on there. Um, people watch those videos more than they will the actual long video. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a whole, you know, you're right. Most people just are on YouTube most of the time. People don't even have cable anymore. Yeah, what's the point? You know, you can watch, you can rent movies on YouTube now, like new movies. Yeah, yeah. And then you have a Hulu is only five bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. Or get, um, what is it, Fire Stick. Fire Stick, um, or like with the, I know with my, my phone plan, I get free HBO Max. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And speaking of HBO Max, uh, I don't know, uh, Michael K. Williams, one of his last movies uh, was on HBO Max recently. Oh, wow. What's the name of it? The Night Of. Okay. He plays, uh, uh, he, he plays someone in jail, a, a felon, an inmate in Rikers Island, who becomes like a mentor to this young Middle Eastern guy who's innocent. And he's like true, you know, Michael K. Well, you know, true Marlowe, you know, with the tin foil smoking up the drugs in a glass pipe in the cell, you know, the hitman ordering people to kill people. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to have to check him out. Yeah, I think you would like that movie. It, was, it came out in 2014, and I think it's what sent him back into drugs, playing that character. Because I, I watched one of his interviews. He said it tempted me to go back into drugs. And I think it, it brought him back into his habits. Yeah, you have to be careful of the, the roles you play 
yeah actor like you don't want that to be... I, I think i saw something uh documentary on johnny depp where he was acting like it was scissor hands for a while or uh what's the other character pirates of the caribbean yeah yeah jack yeah. jack whatever is sparrow yeah he was acting like him for a couple months yeah, no, it, it does happen. It, it's a psychological game. Uh, it's a hard life being an actor, as you know. Yeah, that's why I try to pick roles that actually I can see myself in. Uh, it's a comedy role. Obviously, if you're a comedian, that's easy for you to do. So, um, you know, you want to pick something that you know you can actually do. Yeah, be real. Be, be true to thine self. Right. You know, you want to do that. You don't want to be Kevin Hart when you play the same guy in every movie. You know what I hate? You know, so. Yeah, yeah, but he's, he, I mean, he's likable. He's not detestable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he's starting to play serious now. That uh, fatherhood movie was very good. Okay, I didn't, I didn't catch that. Uh, the last movie I knew of, he was with The Rock, and they were like uh, high school friends or something like that. Oh, yeah, Central Intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. man. You know, hey, you know what's funny? I'm gonna tell you a crazy story. I tried out for a night school uh, movie to be a Kevin Hart stunt double because I'm short, and um, I went in and did the impression, and everything, and uh, they told me no because I'm five foot four and Kevin Hart is two is five foot two, so they said I was too tall for the role. Oh shit, damn. Yeah, so that that was the first time I've heard I'm too tall for something. Wow. That, yeah. That's funny. That's that's a good one, you know. Yeah, I actually tell that during stand up um, because, you know, once when you see me in person, you're like, this dude is short. So and then, you know, but yeah, I went in there. I really auditioned. I thought I nailed it. And they were like, yeah, it's just one thing because the, the doubles have to match the actual person. So. Listen, um, I don't know if you ever checked them out. Um, you ever heard of a comic named um, Mario Basco? No. Mario is, a, I would say he's around 48 years old, and I believe, I believe he's maybe four foot ten to the most, maybe. Wow. See, Mario, I think he had this disease, and, you know, if any listeners hear me and I'm wrong, please, I, I want to be quoted. Some kind of disease where he stopped growing and developing, I think, at age 12 or 13, and he's like a 48-year-old man, but he still has, like, uh, the voice of a boy. He sounds like like a midget from, you know, the Wizard of Oz, mm -hmm. but he's making it for himself. He embraces it. You know, he makes it part of his act. He's only four for 10. He's been in a lot of movies. He's had a lot of guest roles. Uh, you know, you see him uh, uh, pictures of him a lot with a lot of movie celebrities. He, he comes to the regular open mics, walks up, shakes your hand and says hello to you. Just like you're a regular guy. He's always touring, always going to different states. And, uh, you know, he's 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 shorter than you, much shorter than you. Wow. So, um, you know, height, what is height? I don't know. You know, I mean, uh, height, you know, well, I wouldn't want to be too tall. I'd rather be short than tall because when people are too tall, they die of a heart attack. Wow. Now, I thought I wouldn't expect that one. Yeah, your, your body just can't take it. It's too much pressure in the heart. That's why you hear about young guys. Or young, young basketball players, you know, who are seven feet tall, would just drop dead because their heart, the heart can't handle it. Wow. Uh, the only thing I, I, I don't know, with being short, I, I think there's a correlation between very short and kidney disease because I'm thinking about Gary Coleman. Mm -hmm. And also I knew another young man who was short and I believe he needed a kidney transplant. So uh, I don't know if there's a, you know, I guess everything has its ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're short, you have to, you definitely have to be better than everybody else because, you know, you can't really play sports for real. So you have to definitely shine and, and go hard when you're short, you know. Um, yeah, you don't have a choice. No, whatever it is. Like, like I, I don't know if you know, like, like I think I heard Tom Cruise is only five foot two. Wow. What? Yeah. Wow. And you would never know because he uh, outshines it. The way he carries himself, you know, you think that he's a, you know, a tall guy. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. So you, you made me think about him, about shining, about being determined. I'm going to make it. 
Yeah, yeah, man. Um, yeah, you know that movie Rudy. That movie Rudy changed my life. Oh um, yeah, man. Yeah, I watched it when I first moved here, and I was like, yeah, I'm going hard now. The, the well, actually the character that stuck out for me in that movie was the janitor. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Charles yeah. Dutton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he because he was just the quiet, the quiet custodian, just kind of trying to mind his business, but he became like a mentor to Rudy, a coach. Yeah, yeah, you got to see uh, the documentary on Rudy. He put one out where he tells the story himself and he goes back to the school and um, and he tells a story about the hardship about trying to get a movie made because they didn't want to make it on him. You know, it was very, it was pretty dope. They didn't, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he, he, he didn't get too much recognition. He was always on the outskirts, always in the, an outsider in that movie, you know. Finally, yeah. you know, yeah, coach record. Inspirational, definitely, because it showed he just wanted to play one game. That's it. Yeah. No, I um I can relate to that story from personal experience, too, playing football and uh, being, you know, playing the bench, so to speak, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Except personally for me, I, it was a fear too. I I heard too many stories about guys breaking their necks playing football, and I didn't want to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. Wow! Like this guy named Corey Borner. You ever follow, follow him on Twitter? Uh huh. He's a young man who I think Texas. He, he broke his neck playing football when he was 16. He's paralyzed from the chest down. Every day he puts out these inspirational videos. I'm gonna walk again. I'm gonna walk. I'm going to get out of this wheelchair. Hey, it's possible, man. Like, you got to believe and anything is possible. You know, um, you just got to keep working at it, man. We all get depressed and down. Every time I get depressed, I watch that movie, Rudy, and I'm re-motivated. Because if that man can go that hard to just, just play one game, it's no excuse for anybody. Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't give up. He was going to go. To that school, Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, man. And, yeah, and I read his book, too. Like, the book has way more stuff in there. And, you know, he actually had a high-paying job. In the book, he, like, tells the truth. He just didn't want to do that. He didn't see his life just working in the steel mill forever. Oh, that's right. I remember his dad working in the steel. Yeah, yeah. No, who wants to work there anyway? That's terrible. Yeah, he just didn't see. Because he had a high-paying job. He had a girlfriend that wanted to get married. They were going to get a house. And he just, think about it, that's the average person, what they want, they go to work for. He had that. He just saw his life more. And people just thought he was crazy. You know, it was also a different time, different era. I think that would be more acceptable now. Yeah, yeah. Even Kanye's story is similar to that if you watch his uh, Behind the Music. He slept outside this producer's house just for this guy to listen to his beats. Like, who really would do that? Uh, A driven person. Someone who really, you know, will go to extreme lengths. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also it was a different time. It was it was before, like now he could have promoted himself on social media. Yeah, but that's hard because it's oversaturated with so many people making sketches all day long. It's oversaturated. So it's like, you notice the craziest stuff you do gets goes viral and gets attention. Yeah, I know. I know. And I don't know. Do you want that? I don't know. Um, it's a question. Do you, do you, would you want that much attention? Uh, not from something negative. I would rather it go viral for me doing Black Trump or Ja Rule or something. I wouldn't want it to be off of, you know, do it. Some, some girl went uh, viral for falling down and farting. You know, that's a yeah. bad, thing, bad way to go viral. Yeah, it's, it's not like in school where everybody teases you in the school. The whole world is teasing you. Yeah, or the girl who glued her head, uh, her hands on, what was it, her hair? They had, she was all on TMZ, the glue glue hair girl, girl or something. Oh, uh, I think I, I, I'm sure I heard about it. Yeah, she, she tried, she put super glue on her hair and they had to like get, uh, she had to get surgery and everything. It went viral on TikTok. She was all on TMZ. It was crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a lot of things out there. Uh, you can spend hours watching stuff, you know? Yeah, there's so many platforms. You can go viral on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. There's so many platforms where you can make a name for yourself. 
you just have to be creative. That's all. You know, it, it's really and, and st- to stick to a, a plan, whatever, two hours a day, you're going to work and consistently, you know, stick to that plan and you'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, because anything is possible. I mean, um, you just have to find something somebody's not doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, or put your own spin on it, if you will. Yeah, a girl just went viral a week ago on TikTok for doing impressions. She did uh, Tina Fey. Um, she did like three or four different people. And in, in, in SNL, everybody, all the cast responded to her. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I um, mean... You never know. No, no, you never do. No, it's all it's all at our fingertips. You know, all you need is a phone today. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, even movies are shot on iPhones now. Really? Yeah. You, I don't, didn't need, you don't need big productions anymore. If you if you're a director listening, you get the new iPhone, whatever it is, they have one come out every year, and you can be able to shoot your own movie, get an editing program. You don't have to pay someone a thousand dollars to shoot, you can just do it yourself. Oh, wow. But that's also going to eliminate jobs. A lot of uh, people in the union, you know, their jobs are film production. Yeah, yeah, it's hurting them um, because now it's like I had a guy that used to shoot all my skits uh, years ago and he had a camera. And once I bought an iPhone and I learned how to like play two people and edit it together, I stopped calling them. It was like, I don't need you now. Well, that's why folks have to reinvent themselves. They have to adopt to the times. They have to go back to school, learn about digital technology and make themselves marketable in this uh, economy. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you need to always keep educating yourself on learning so what you can make money off of. The goal is to make money. You can go viral and all of that. But if you're not making money and you're still working a low paying job, then it doesn't mean anything. No, exactly. And, and, and also a benefit of this, um, education is more affordable now. Uh, education is more at our fingertips with a computer. Yeah, yeah, you need education. You need a job skill. Uh, if you're a barber, or if you con- do construction, a skill where you can make money in this economy because it's, it's crazy right now. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever it is, but that's good. Um, you're 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 a civil s- servant. That's a smart way to go. It's uh, you know, you put your twenty, thirty years in, you get out, and then and then you live your life. Yeah, man. You know, everybody's not going to be uh, entertainers, you know, and I think that's the problem during COVID is that everybody started being on TikTok and started rapping or singing. It's nothing wrong with going after your passion, but now it's becoming people who are bored everybody's doing stuff now. So it's like, it's oversaturated. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to throw out another name now. Okay, you don't know this guy, but there's a co- comedian out there. His name's Eddie Faiko, and he's a custodian also in yeah. school. <coughs> and actually, he, believe it or not, he, I think he has a master's degree in industrial and labor reation. Labor reation. I can't pronounce it. But yeah, yeah, he works in the custodian and he does comedy. Uh, in fact, we were in the same comedy class together, you know, when we first started doing comedy. And, you know, part of his skit was about whatever, like the teachers tiptoeing in the hallway when he would like buff the floor, mm-hmm. you know, and this other like, like whatever stupid stuff that goes on in the school. But I, I just thought of him, you know, because when you're talking about your job, I, you know, I know, he just came to mind. Yeah, that's definitely my job. That literally happened two days ago. It was a parent-teacher conference. And uh, they so it was all these teachers and stuff. I was waiting for them to leave so I can finish my job. And it was like, at the same time, ooh, I can just sit down and not do anything. But at the same time, like, okay, time for y'all to leave so I can finish. No, exactly. Cause you're trying to, they're awkward. They don't know which way to walk, what to do. But, yeah, I mean, I, I remember – working on um, working with the, the maintenance crew and they were always complaining about the teachers because the teachers get paid more than them and the teachers are paying the ass and they go home early. And uh, I remember, you know, just hearing them, you know, not, not being very pleased with the teachers. Yeah. Yeah. They're cool. I will say the school I'm at is like a private school. So like they're pretty chill. Like they, uh, they'll get out of your way. You know, they're pretty cool. And we got some fine teachers there too. Yeah, no, I mean, teachers are okay. Some of them are a little overbearing and annoying. I remember one time someone teased me, and he said to me, "Hey, Steve." He goes, "You're, you I was drinking coffee. Because Steve, your, 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 your breath smells like teacher breath. 
<laughs> so I don't. Maybe I hated them because they were always trying to call my parents and tell me that I was failing in school, and I don't want I don't want my, my parents bothering me. Like, leave me alone. Just do your job. Get paid. I won't bother you. Just let me sit in your class and sleep. Come on. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. Well, I didn't do drugs. I never cut. I would go to school every day. Perfect attendant, but I, I was like a silent protester. I just, I wouldn't pay attention and mm -hmm. I wouldn't study. I would do my, like, okay, you're going to make me go. I'll go. That's it. I'm just going to have my ass in the chair. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think most comics are like class clowns because I, um, I was the worst student ever, man. Uh, oh, my God. Like, my teachers hated me. Um, look, you know, it's not for everybody. It, it's a discipline. And some people just have that discipline at a younger age and they're able to apply themselves in school. Yeah, uh, I will say my teachers did one thing that helped me that they did do was they got me in drama class. That was like the only class I actually did like. Um, they were like, since you think you're funny, so you think you're so funny, we're gonna put you in acting classes. I'm like, all right, cool. That's nice. You got, you got an early start uh, out of it. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, they, it was some cool classes. They taught me how to um, about monologues and how to. Um, I did a lot of. I did a lot of plays, a lot of uh, the Nutcracker, and I played a, like a troll at when I was a sophomore. Um, so a lot of different characters they had me play. Now that's good. That helps develop you and uh, and, and makes you who you are. Yeah, man. You know and. Later on, research, you know, watching, what is it, true Hollywood stories, documentaries, and things like that. And, and how people came up, you know. Yeah, everybody has their own story. Yeah. How they came you know, up, you know, yeah. whatever it was, wherever they got noticed. And, um, yeah. Uh, have you ever done a comedy contest? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, uh, oh, my first year, I think it was 2018, I came in third place. No, that's that's good because that's that's competitive as hell, man. Yeah, yeah. Um I had already had done a lot of talent shows, and that was the first night actually I um I ended my set putting on the Trump wig. And um at that time, 2018, people really didn't like Trump. So it worked. They laughed, but it just wasn't enough to win the contest. Uh, look, you know, uh, you got to keep trying. You're not always going to hit it. You got to just keep coming back. That's all, you know? Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, during the pandemic, it's on my Instagram. I won a comedy contest and won 50 bucks. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Now, I was ready this time. So I did every impression I could do, and I won. And they cash out me fifty bucks. Hey, that's not. But it's not just about the money. It's about the uh, the honor. It's good for your ego. It builds you up. So I mean, fifty bucks helps. But I think it's more about the recognition. Oh yeah, yeah. They had um, they had like people from all over the world because it was on Instagram. So they had like so many people. Like, I think it was two other comedians and a singer and a rapper. So it was like, man, you know, going to it. They even had a Michael Jackson impersonator. Like, it was crazy. Let me tell you something about social media. I, I found I have, I have better fans in foreign countries than I do here in the U.S. Mm. I, I, that's why I, I, I stopped befriending anybody from around here who I knew. And I just make friends of strangers in Philippines because they're sitting in their hut in India watching you when you go live. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a lot of you comedians listening, there's um, Hawaii, Zoom, Germany. There's so many platforms now. I've done a lot of those during the pandemic. And it's it's wonderful to do. It feels like you're touring from the house. Yeah. And and the folks around here are, are not going to not going to watch you as much as the foreigners because they're so busy looking for the highlight reels all the time or or busy doing selfies of themselves. But the people in other countries will watch you. Yeah, you know, and that's the beautiful thing about it. You know, they have <laughs> an audience on there, um, different, and then it's it's great to just learn about people in different countries too. You know, 
Absolutely. You know, like as a Captain James T. Kirk of the Starship Enterprise would say, we, we come to learn about you and for you to learn about us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So listen, I, we, we've been rapping for about, about an hour and five minutes now. So uh, I think I'm going to uh, pull the plug, if you don't mind. No problem, man. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, I definitely, whenever you want, man, and as soon as this is done, send it to me in the inbox or however you want to do it. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I'd be happy to have you again. And uh, thanks again. Thank you for coming. And I, I hope you hope you have a good good night. You too, man. All right. Bye-bye. All right.